My name's Mel Herbert, and he's Tom Wolfson. We're going to be talking about the cars, the batteries, the solar panel, the stock price, the man, the myth. We're going to be talking about everything Tesla. Why? Because we're... Talking. 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 Talking Tesla. I listened to the Master Plan show, boys. thought it was very good. You know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Talking Tesla 44. What? 44. What? That's two fours. That's a palindrome of numbers. That's true. Same forward and backwards. backwards, It's forty-four. Certainly not. Are there palindromic numbers? Do we know that as a thing? What is the largest palindromic number that the world has ever discovered? Is that a thing? Get back to it. I have no idea. Uh, Wow, that's hey, look, um, we are doing something a little bit different here because uh, you know, last time we spoke, we were late. There was the master plan. There was Saki, Saki, and a lot of people said. Probably the best talking test we've ever done. Could you always do it late at night, lubricated with sake? So we're doing it eight in the freaking morning. Yeah, so unfortunately we can't do that because it is nine o'clock in the morning and we're not in our usual studio. We're right. over in an art studio. I think that the, the smell of all of the turpentine fumes might actually help to make this an excellent talking Tesla. Yeah, who, need, that who needs true. sake when you have fumes? This is a beautiful little art studio here in Woodland Hills. It's called Art Departure where you come and do art and look at art and apparently get high on art. That's why the kids and the parents like coming back here. I feel so good when I go to Art Departure. It's great. Take a deep breath, everyone. Uh, (laughs) All right, let's get started with what's most important. Tom, uh, you reported last week, if I remember correctly, that you took a perfectly good RAV4, which was electrified in a Tesla nature, and decided to smash it into another car. The car did what it's supposed to do, explode. What are the updates? Well, I have spent... A good portion of the last 48 hours trying to decide what my new car is going to be because the RAV is no MOS. So they totaled it. Maybe somebody will be able to buy a salvage title RAV4 in Los Angeles. I would not recommend it. (laughs) It has a lot of broken things upon it. So what are you going to get and take us through the process of deciding no, you, you, you it's just gonna, got this horrible it's look. It's going to take us. So, so I'm not. Uh, so I can afford if I really wanted to to buy whatever I wanted. However, I am not cheap, but I am frugal. So I could buy another Rav Four for about the same. I yes. could buy a little older Rav Four with the same mileage, the 2012 version, for a little less. Yes, but I, I gave myself an opportunity to reset. I can okay. buy a leaf yes. for like half. You a brand you know? new leaf? No, no, a used leaf. Okay, a used mm. EV leaf because that's that's reuse, recycle, reduce. Right, yeah, I like it. Yes, and but then the other part of it is I don't. It's about the same as the Rav. No, do you not agree? Do you do, well? Do if you it's agree a, or disagree? If it's a new, if it's one of the first generation leaves, it's really eighty miles is really all you're going to get. But it's one of the newer ones in the last year or so. It's a hundred miles, or it's the, this year right. one hundred and ten miles. In the in a perfect world, I would buy a 2013 SL. But right. I would just recommend the leaf you buy it be from the northwest, not the southwest, because the battery has been cooked for how many years now? How how would I even know that? I don't know. Where you was listen it? to the accent. You can't get there from here. No, that's Scotland. That's that would be safe. That would be safe. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. So the other part of it is now we're in a reset period. We have a Bolt coming out very soon. Yes. Wow. We have a Model Three coming out very soon. Not that soon for you. Wow. It's a year and a half uh, away. I'm a, I like to look at myself as being at the top of the list, but you know, whatever. Thanks, Johnny okay. Negatoshish. A year and <laughs> five months. Before. Although most people think 2019 till real production is <laughs> ramped. Did I see you at the store? <laughs> I didn't see you at the store in the line with no. 400 people. No, I no. wasn't there. I was on the line. You Let's on assume the line. that you need a car now, Online. which you do. I don't know the answer. If you had to put me on the spot right now, I don't uh, know apparently the Apparently, that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that question. I haven't made any decisions at this point. I've gone from buying a – okay, I'll, I'll, I'll run you through the list. Yeah, that's what okay. I'm trying to get you okay. to go. It's like so I, fingernails. Oh my so Forerunner, Toyota Forerunner, not mm-hmm. electric. Okay. Highlander, hybrid, all-wheel drive. Also not electric, but hybrid, pretty good gas mileage. Mm-hmm. Leaf. 
Yeah, I looked Bravo. at a Tesla. Not going to happen. Why? Because uh, I can't see putting that much more money into. Electric. But a lot of these cars you're talking about are the same price. No, they are not. The Teslas are like forty-seven, forty-eight, forty-nine thousand. The Rav Four is going to be the same. Twenty-nine. No, used. We're talking used, buddy. Uh, everything used. Everything used. Go not on. buying anything new. So let's just put that out of our little heads. If the Bolt was out, I would consider it, but I've never seen it. My wife test drove the Mercedes-Benz, which is the same price as the RAV4, right? The new, you know, Tesla's doing the Mercedes-E now. Mm -hmm. Uh, She didn't like it. I didn't go because I knew she wasn't going to like it. Right. I had a feeling that she wasn't going to like it. She said it actually didn't have very much pickup. It yeah. didn't feel like the same. It must be much heavier than the Again, Toyota. Again, these are, these are two drive systems in one vehicle. So you're getting two for the weight of No, it's the two. same drive system. Well, you're, you're getting a battery system and an EV system, and you're getting – are you talking about no, the no, all-electric? No, the all-electric Mercedes is basically what Tesla moved to. No, that's okay. Right. It's all right. You're, no, you're allowed to be right. confused. That's, no, that's punishable <laughs> by death. And so – there are a lot of EV choices. Most of them don't have a lot of range. And then the other thing you think about, okay, so do I wait? I could buy a Leaf. There's not a whole lot of damage. I, You know, it's ten to $15,000. got that change in your back pocket. It's not that I don't Go. have that change in my back pocket, but, I mean, if you look at it over the next five or six years, I'll probably, if I bought a Forerunner or a Highlander, I'd spend that much money on gas. I went to a gas station yesterday. Oh. I wasn't even sure how it worked anymore, to be honest. <laughs> what is yeah. this it, was, it was very confusing. I haven't been there in a very, very long time. They smell a little like yeah. like fuel. They smell like the end of the world <laughs> yeah, is what they, they smell like. So, And that's the thing. I do this show, and I don't want that to influence whether or not I do the EV. Now, a lot of people would just say, buy should. another RAV4, call it done. That's what you were already locked into that vehicle. But it, it's a it's a reset potential reset period are you finding that there is not enough choices still well the problem with everything that i talk about i am as you know more than any of you the what what is my mantra supercharging yes so the bolt right could be an excellent car but 200 miles that's a lot of range they are very much everything i've read they are very much counting on ccs on fast charging infrastructure, but it's still not going to be as fast, although we're going to get to a story that could potentially change mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, They're not building it out. They're waiting for somebody else yeah, to GM's build it out. not going to build it out. We did that story a few months ago, maybe. That's like right. They're using CCS, which is potentially very fast charging, not as fast as a supercharger. But there's not that many in California yet, less than Chatamo, and there's no clear plan about who's going to build it out. And Chevy's is like, we're not doing it. So let's be realistic. Uh, all every EV on the market right now, except for the Tesla, is a commuter car. Would you agree? Yep. It's not a travel car around the world, although we have a story of a RAV4 going 400 miles, which sounds like a big pain in the buttocks. Yeah. I mean, I would say that it's about where you are on the spectrum of electrification. So when I first got my Tesla in like uh, – I think I bought it in – I paid for the down payment in 2012. There were no superchargers. And – it was like at the supercharger event that I realized, wow, I'm glad I put this money down. I, I, this is actually could be a real car. I might actually buy this thing. And now I really don't have much of a care. Although when I do go off-road, Tesla-wise, <laughs> off-road, like off the main highways, I have to deal with you know range problems. But it's nothing like when I first bought the car. If you bought a Bolt today – you would have that same situation. You'd be looking for RV parks. You'd be looking for that that few CCS here and there to charge yourself up to get from here to Park City, Utah, or to Mammoth, or something like that. But I, I just think it's so obvious. You're standing here in front of me. You're wearing a shirt that says "Talking <coughs> Tesla." And you're saying you're not going to buy a Tesla. I can't. You're see on that. the biggest Tesla podcast the world has ever seen. Yeah, I own a Tesla. Although, although my family Tesla? owns a Tesla. Do you own two Teslas? Almost. Do you? <laughs> no. Mel, we already know the answer. Mel does. Yes, I do. <laughs> He's an entrepreneur. <laughs> I'm, what does that mean, almost? Well, I've been looking at the P90DL, and that thing just excites the hell out of me. P90DL. That's a $120,000 car. Am no, I right? that's more closer to 150000 if you actually pay sales tax on it. <laughs> Of course, I could go Holy to another macaroles. state and save sales tax, but 
That you know, you could. that's why I don't own it yet. Yeah, but once it has you know full autonomy, which I'm expecting by the end of the year. What? Well, what? Drop I, the mic by the end of the year? Yeah. So I don't know what I'm getting. Is the shorter answer? Oh, I don't have a commute. So we started this with right. I'm not a commuter. You're right. a commuter. Mm-hmm. I'm not a commuter. I my commute is basically two miles. I think what you should do is either get yourself a nice uh, 70D or Get a beautiful leaf that has some body problems, and we're just going to wrap it in talking Tesla wrap. Yeah. We'll give you a dollar. What about the BMW i3? So the BMW i3, for those of you that don't know, it has about 80 miles of range. Has You can get it with this gas backup, so it can become more of a long-range vehicle. So what about that one? It's a little small for me, I think, even though the leaf is pretty small as well. And so I was I – was Pretty dead set on getting the Leaf so I could save a whole bunch of money for when the Model 3 came out. Good idea. Right? Mm-hmm. Right? And then – but then oh, I had gotten to that. Well, I mean I got into the car accident. I was going to buy a Leaf. I'm like, ten grand. That is like – that is great. This is a reset button. I'd have no car payment. I could save all of that money for the Model 3. I looked at the National Institute of Highway Safety mm-hmm. website and they have a website of – of photos of all these accidents, right? The like crash tests. And they had my crash, my accident, the one that I got into that three quarter shot thing. And the whole driver's compartment was like crushed in with like potential leg damage, airbags in the leaf, in the leaf. Yeah. So if you had the same crash in the leaf, you're saying potentially I could, although it was, Mm. it looked similar in the RAV4. So my, my, my guess is, but that my accident was like one or two degrees off of the like angle that they're doing their crash test on. So long story short, man, I don't know right now. The vault, get a secondhand vault, get 40, 50. I don't like that car either. You know, why don't you like that car? I just don't like the way it looks. Tesla, Tesla resale value holding well. That's not, not going to be the case when not, the Model 3 comes out. There's no way. And you really think that you – would you say – I mean I guess – I don't know what the 60s were when they when they were sold, right? But so right now online, there are a ton of 60s. There's actually a bunch of 85s. Mm-hmm. So that's what made it really interesting. I was like, ooh, I can get a, like a gray 85 Schwing. for a, just a skosh under 50. But that's double – what I paid for the RAV. It's more than any other car I've ever paid. And, it's just not going to happen. And you won't get the uh, tax credits in the Right, and it, but, and it doesn't solve – one problem that we have in our house is that it doesn't solve the like gas car, long distance for camping sort of situation. So I've there's gone, a lot of I've situations. gone camping in my Model S multiple times. Yeah, did you put your kayak on the roof? Uh, no, but you could. You have to get the pano roof, though, to get the, the roof no. rack uh, attachments. Well, we'll have to hear more about this. It seems to me that you have to decide, do I need a car that is just going to take me to work and zip around town, in which case a $10,000 second-hand leaf sounds good. But if you want something that's going to be more off-roady and thing, well, maybe we're not quite ready for Tom to drop fifty grand on an X. I Throw, mean, add S, this conundrum second. to it. Go. I probably have to buy my daughter a car as well. So I'm looking at having to buy two cars, which is one of the big reasons yeah. the Leaf came in. So here's here's the list right now. This is going to be sound like a very odd list. The Leaf, the Forerunner, the Highlander All-Wheel Drive Limited, which is about the same price as the RAV4, and the Vol- an old Volvo XC70 Cross Country, which is a car that I have coveted for a very long time because I just like the way it looks. And I would love for my daughter to drive that thing around because it is a tank safe, safe, safe. All right, well, we've probably spoken about this for too long, but I would get your daughter a Leaf because uh, it's cheap. She's going to crash it anyway. And uh, it doesn't get her too far out of town before she has to call back and say, Dad, come pick me up. But some people look at that as a downside. So, like, we've talked about that, right? Like, that gives my kid a 40-mile radius. However, kids being who they are, do you feel that, like, you're just going to get these freaking phone calls and your AAA flatbed towing fees are just going to go through the roof because they're just going to forget? They're going to get 50 or 60 miles out and – at midnight and not be able to get no, back? No, because, you know, if their car only has a quarter tank of gas in it and they decide to take off and go somewhere, they might just forget 
that as well and end up whatever 15 blocks from the nearest filling station and they're in the same conundrum 15 blocks from the nearest filling station isn't like uh for an hour or two away from a charger and an oh, hour of charging there's, there's a lot of in this area southern california if you look at the plug share app yeah. there are a lot of fast chargers every you know i don't know it depends on if it's a leaf then every nissan dealer has a chatamo there is a lot of fast charges in Southern California, Chatamo, yeah. and uh, so I'm thinking, Leaf. I'm just saying, I'm going to move on here. Leaning that direction. Shout out to PlugShare. And Shout I just out. want to give you my updates on what's happening in my life. I Please. got to turn on solar on one of our houses that we rent. High five. And it's uh, sun power, and it's making energy as we speak, and it's cool, and it has microinverters on the panel, so when there's a little bit of shading, not that there is any at this place, that uh, it still produces lots of energy. Big deal. It's exciting. This I check the... the app four or five times a day. That's so awesome. So now you're making almost as much electricity as a small utility. So we're going to yeah. call it Herbert Herbert U. Utility. Yeah, Herbert yeah. Utilities. It's fantastic. Very excited. So a shout out to – I've used SunPower. They did a very good job. I've used Solar City. Tom's used Solar City. You've used I've used Solar City. Solar City's very great. good job. Yeah. I've bought my own outright Kia Sarah, which then got bought by Westinghouse, and then I don't know who they have, and they did, did a good job. I think they're all doing fine works. So now let's talk about new thoughts on the master plan. So it seems like this got a lot less press than I would expect. Yes, it was on some of the sites, but um, it seems like a lot of people were sort of yawn. Yeah, of course you're going to make uh, a truck, and yeah, of course you're going to expand out your home services with uh, big batteries. Um, yeah, that bus thing's interesting, but mostly what I heard was it's all very good, but give us some details, which was what we were complaining about. But I mean, it's a it's a it's a master plan. There weren't any details with the last master plan. He was pretty successful of finally getting there with the master plan. It's sort of just a, it's a vision quest for that dude on some levels. And I would say, like, I, I think there was a lot of press in the green press, the sort of the people that we sort of follow, the Tesla Rotties and all those other, a lot of press. The mainstream press might have been busy at a Democratic convention, Republican convention. Like, they're busy. They're That's doing, a they're black trying. hole of all information. <laughs> right. I mean, I think the mainstream press doesn't care because, of course, they want details. There's nothing sexy about this master plan, really. And it is a little bit lacking on details, but it's a roadmap. Right? It wasn't meant to be anything other than a roadmap. I think what's notable of it is how much attention it got coming around part two versus part one. Part one, it was some, you know, Silicon Valley dude who made some software, whatever, PayPal, you know, he, he had a few whatever, one hit wonders, and he's got this vision and he's just whatever, he's out there. And a few people covered that. But now it's like splattered everywhere, and everybody's talking about it. We spent an hour and a half talking about it, and now we're going to spend another half an hour talking about it. And I think that's really remarkable. And it's a 10-year plan. How the hell are we going to have details now for what's going to happen in eight years or even eight months? I mean, the tech world changes at such a rapid pace that it's going to take – it's going to be an unveiling plan. And I think it's great that he's just thinking big. But – what I thought was really bad is that lots and lots of people out there, press, poking holes. This not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Tesla stock dropped, what, 3% a day later? I should have thought about that and bought a couple more shares. <laughs> well, let's go on uh, then to The Bolt. So The Bolt is coming. This is from Forbes. So this is a blog newspaper that says that, uh, that we are hearing more and more about The Bolt. We should be seeing it in volume by the end of the year, which is freaking freaky. This 200-yard real competitor to the Model 3 is going to come out at the end of the year. People, unlike Tesla, are pretty sure that GM can do it because GM is really good at making cars in volume. They make millions of cars every year. So they're not worried about them hitting their targets as they are with Tesla, which never gets their stuff on time. They're looking to make twenty to 30,000, I assume, the first year. Yeah. And this uh, guy called Brooks Carruthers, is it? says, look, I see lots of volts in the same neighborhoods I see lots of Teslas, so therefore I expect the Bolt, bad name, to do very well there. And so the real question is, will the Bolt eat into the sales of the Model 3 if the Model 3 gets delayed, and does anybody on the planet believe the Model 3 is not going to get delayed? Meh, I don't know. Does it really matter? The number of these cars that are being sold is minuscule 
like really small compared to all the other internal combustion engine cars. Right. Does so, you know, like a few hundred here and there, a few thousand here and there, even 10,000 here and there, it, I, people are moving towards electrification. Right. Period. What, what this is, it's about market share generally for EVs, more EV options. Like myself, people don't want to have one EV option. So again, so now you have somebody who's going to buy a car. They want 200 miles. They want fast charging. The Bolt has we think potentially fast charging capability, not as fast, but we never know. We could be getting there, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Now you're like, okay, so I have this Model 3. It's a sedan style. I have this Bolt. It's a little more of a small SUV style. We know it's going to be quite a while before Tesla has a Bolt-shaped competitor, even though it's in the roadmap for a small SUV. And we may be seeing that in the next eight months, at least drawings of it, you know, that sort of seemed like what they were saying in the master plan. So, again, it's about options. It's about choices. For a lot of people in Los Angeles specifically, right, we're a very, very widespread metropolitan area. So there are people who drive 80 miles every mm-hmm. day to their office, 60 right. miles to their office. What's your commute when you drive to the hospital? 52 in, miles. So 52 miles. So if you didn't, if you couldn't rely on a charger where you worked, you would need to have a car that had at least, let's say, 125 miles to give yourself a little bit of a buffer. And that's what they feel people want. They want right. to be able to – that's what the Bolt is, is hoping for is that people will get a level two at their house and it won't matter. They'll drive from Canyon Country – to the El Segundo, 60, 70 miles, whatever that is. Right. And then they'll be able to go home and charge their car overnight, maybe go to the grocery store in their neighborhood. That is what the Bolt's sort of market segment is looking like. And also to deal with the lay public's uh, unfounded concern that I want to be able to go anywhere, anytime. So the zombies pop up. I need to drive very quickly to another state. Not never happens, nor does half of the things that we want to do with our car ever happen. Oh, I want to be able to carry bags of cement, so I should have a big truck. I want to have God knows what. And you just use your car to go to Target and to Trader Joe's and to pick up your kids. And, you know, how many days out of the week do you actually drive more than 50 miles? Yeah, and that's the conundrum of you need a car that does 99% of what you want it to do. Uh, even though you only do that one, last 1%, uh, never. Um, but I do like the idea. I think the the Bolt, a lot of people said, well, this is now a, a Tesla competitor because now this is a car that can drive a long way and you can drive to San Francisco and you can drive to Phoenix. And I don't think it's about that at all. I don't think that's the market. I agree with Tom exactly. It is, I've got so much more range than I need. I don't have to worry about it. I have a 50-mile commute. And if the freeway breaks down, this used to be one of my anxieties with the Leaf, freeway breaks down and they reroute me 30 miles and I'm right on the edge, I'm screwed. Right. With a Volt, with a Bolt, and I've got a 100-mile commute, you can reroute me another 50 miles, 75 miles, and I'm good. I've got plenty of range. But I'm still not driving that thing to Phoenix because the, it doesn't have supercharging. Super Thank you. Yeah. So let's talk about BMW. So as the electrification of uh, the industry is occurring, most of the manufacturers are sort of doing plug-in hybrids right now because of this range anxiety, because they don't have supercharger. So BMW has said, look, we're not going to do a fully electric vehicle until at least 2020. So they've just come out with this uh, BMW 7040EX, which is a two-liter turbocharged four-cylinder hybrid that also has an electric motor. This electric powertrain can take it a long way. 28 miles and um, I asked the question what really is the market for an incredibly expensive very large car that gets just 28 miles on electricity and if you look at this article they say and that's probably completely bogus because they turned on the air conditioner and went up a hill and it was getting like 12 miles of electric range because it's so damn heavy so who is buying this if you're eco-conscious you're going to spend $90,000 on this car versus an X or an S? No, you're going to buy a Model S or an X. So who is this for? Is this for some people who are on the edge and like, I want a BMW but feel better? I don't even know who's buying this. Who's buying this? Please tell me who's buying this. I know Tom's not buying this. No, it's ninety grand. i am definitely not buying it. If I'm in the market for that, I'm in the market for a Tesla probably. Which puts it right in the mid-range of Tesla, which, again, it doesn't make much sense to me. But it makes me excited that – 
big automotive manufacturers are going the direction of trying to put batteries in their cars. But this, but they're already doing this. They made the i8. Why does BMW need two of these cars that well, have zero electric range? What is the deal with that? But yeah. this is a very diff- – the i8 is a supercar-looking, flat, small – this is a big SUV-looking thing. Where you can put your family it's not. It's, your isn't this not. Is this not just a, is a big – their big four-door sedan, their 700 series? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But the i8 is a tiny little squishy, fast thing. It's a very different type of car. But I just drove past an i8. And my son goes, that thing's cool. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of electric. He's like, well, how far does it get? What's the range? And I'm like, I think it's 25 miles. I'm like, that's useless. It What's can get that? you to the car show and back every Sunday morning, cars and coffee. Right. But it's the it's the Volt for guys with a lot of cash. Right. I mean, that's yeah. basically what it is, right? If you li- like, you're like, all right, I like the idea of 28 miles of electric maybe you only maybe you're a cosmetic dentist and you live 10 miles that is very specific (laughs) well they make a lot of money (laughs) (laughs) and you live 10 miles from your office right and you're like all right i'm gonna get a beamer and i can drive it and i don't have to worry about my long distance driving it's got a lot of horsepower so it feels like 99 percent of the time i'm doing the right thing so maybe these are on in some levels the ninety nine percent vehicles. It just doesn't make sense from a business standpoint. What kind of a market are you actually going to get? It's a very small cosmetic very pers- dentist apparently, apparently that lives yeah. ten miles I from just, their yeah, office. I can't imagine, and maybe it's because I'm too much of a Tesla fanboy. So I'm going to drop a hundred grand on a car. I'd get an X. I would not get a gas guzzling car that only gets twenty eight miles on electricity. So for a hundred thousand dollars, you're going to get an X sixty uh, if you want all the bells and whistles. Because at the end of the day. We're looking at $88,000 if you start adding autopilot uh, and the tow basically pack. the same price. It's, but plus tax. That's what I'm saying. Well, this, like, is, this is before tax as well. It's 200-mile range. 90000 bottom up. line. Don't get up on my business. <laughs> you, know? you know I'm right. <laughs> no, you know, I'm sure this car, this is base price. And if you're going to yeah, pop for a 700 Beamer, you're going to want the nice leather. Yes. And you're going to want the I don't know what seats. And you're going to want the – and that thing's going to end up being $120,000, which is about the same as an X. And – just in comparison, the, this last week, a bunch of the L.A. Tesla Club went down to the Irwindale uh, Speedway and did drag races. And there's a great video, uh, uh, a um, Facebook post that shows uh, one, of the, one of the Tesla Club members, uh, a soccer mom, beating the crap out of every single car she went up against with her Model X. Like Dodge Hellcats, they all... Boom. So if you are Eighth a cosmetic done. dentist that also likes to drag race, yeah. <laughs> boom, Model X, Model X ludicrous, ludicrous D. Drop a little uh, zombie apocalypse filter on that bad boy and call it done. <laughs> there are, in my dealing, so we'll go back a little bit, there are a bunch of used Xs for sale in the world right now. Oh, my God. Most of them are like have – there's some with 1,200 miles, 6,000 miles. I I'm not exactly sure what's going on. They're $116,000, $120,000. But if you are a guy who wants an X today, right. we can make that happen. Wow. What's it going to take to get you into an X today? <laughs> so what website did you go to to find such I things? I was in all kinds of websites. But if you just type anywhere, Model X used like car gu- – I was at using Car Gurus, Auto Trader, CarMax, and a few others. And they're all sort of – compilers of all the used things that are available but if you type because i was curious what a model s was outside of tesla Mm -hmm. they're all actually a lot more so tesla is a very good deal to buy a model s through because and they there's there's at least a dozen 60s for sale right now all right let's do uh the world's most efficient car so this giant bmw talking about is very heavy and then when you turn on the air conditioner and go uphill and drive an electric it's got like no range at all but i found a car that is very, very efficient. This is from hybrid, hybridcars.com. Do you know the world's most efficient EV vehicle? Tom, is it a Tesla? No. Robert, is it a Leaf? No. A Bolt? Mm, no, not by far. No, but the Technical University of Munich had a group of very smart kids get together and they just broke the Guinness Book of World Records. They created a car that has the equivalent of 26,000 miles per gallon. It's, a, it's an EV that gets the equivalent of 26,000 miles per gallon. Now, it's not practical in any way. It's probably made of helium. You have to lie down. It's super streamlined. Somebody said here that perhaps you could wedge a small kitten in it with you, but that's about it. 
Holy testicle Tuesdays, 26,000 miles per gallon equivalent. Guinness Book of Records, go Munich. It doesn't even have turn signals. I do have a question for you guys. Does it is, turn? <laughs> is, is it T-Mu or Mu-Tech? <laughs> it, it's not clear. <laughs> Technical University Somebody did Munich? some math here. Who did Nothing? all this math? This is a I good math. Robert. Actually, I thought that uh, it was cool that you know if you wanted to go out and find this thing, it's called a T-U-Fast E. L-I-14, which just I, rolls off the tongue. Just rolls off the tongue. And it's not even the original model. It's the modified version. But there's a cool picture we're going to put on the website. It's really, really cool looking. I don't think actually that it really turns very much. So I was wondering how many gallons equivalent would it take to reach the moon? And so here goes the math. So if you're able to get 26,135 miles per gallon and – how many gallons of gas does it take to get to the moon, which is like a quarter million miles? Well, just wait for one second before you do that math. One gallon gets you around the world, which is about 24,000 miles. Right. Big freeway, one gallon of gas around the world. Continue. At the equator, no less. If you're doing it up on the ice sheet, that's slowly melting. I got a question for you, Mel. Hmm. Does Robert know it's not a spaceship? <laughs> does Mel know that there's not a freeway that goes around the world? No. <laughs> This is all theoretical. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. If Continue. It's Not- just as likely that there's a freeway from the Earth to the moon as there's a freeway all away around the Earth. So come on. Okay. Go. There's a freeway. Boom. There's a freeway from here to more, the moon. One thing's actually more likely because, well, you know, the moon's <laughs> rotating and the Earth's rotating. Why don't you go but- back online and find yourself a Tesla? Yeah. <laughs> just be quiet. Whatever. Whatever. We're having a fun math game okay, here. Go. Fine. Nine gallons of gas to get to the moon. Would you ever consider that you could get to the moon on nine gallons of gas? So what about Mars? Mars is pretty far. Now, much, that's a much, much, freeway. Much, How much. far is Mars? So to illustrate that, I thought, let's do the math for Mars. It would actually take 1,340 gallons of gas to get to Mars. It's more complicated than that, Tom. I know. I, I've read the I've read how it happens, and you have to circle. You, and have, you have to ask to, the elephant that's holding up the Earth you if you can however, drive by. If you, if you leave from the ISS, yes, then you got you you solved a gallons. lot of the problems. Yeah, you've saved about one tenth of one hundredth of a gallon of gas if you're taking a direct shot. And it's like ninety five launches to get all the parts onto the <laughs> ISS, so you can take off from there. <laughs> But it's a good segue to talk about space because it's really interesting about the challenges that exist in space. I just wanted to give a little bit about Virgin Atlantic, right? They're the other guys, right? We've been uh, talking I about think it's Galactic, Virgin Galactic, right? What did you say? Atlantic. On, it's further been... than that. <laughs> different freeway, space different, freeway, different, different distance. So, uh, Virgin Galactic, they're getting going again. Right, we had SpaceX. We've been following SpaceX because they're just so cool, and we we covered the little phallus a couple weeks ago. Yes, <laughs> and now we've got this uh, Virgin Galactic. Remember, they sort of like in 2014. This is pre-talking Tesla time. They exploded their spaceship because somebody hit the right wrong lever, and one guy died, and it was a oops, big mess. And that that being a tourist vehicle, you know, you wouldn't want to get on the. Uh, Princess Cruises that always explodes or catches fire and sinks. So they're recovering from their fatal crash in 2014, but their new Spaceship 2 is preparing its test flight. And in August, they're going to do a test flight, right? They've been doing thousands of pressurization cycles and all this testing on ground. They're doing this test flight, but throughout the test flight, the thing's going to be bolted underneath another airplane. I was reading that. How do you do a test flight when you're bolted to a 747? You can't really turn. You can't go up and down. It's more like a nanny flight. It's, it's like, not really. It's like taking a test when you wrote all the answers on your forearm. <laughs> I guess it's, like, it's like, like a test flight when you're learning to drive, but the other person can stop the car and take over at any time. Right, but are, is anybody concerned about the name of this thing? Okay, so you've got a very advanced company, a lot of technology. They came up with Spaceship One. Yeah. And then it blew up. And they're in a meeting, and they're like, "All right, well, we're going to build another one. What do you guys think we should call it?" I'm not, I'm not genius, but I think Spaceship Two. I mean, that's that's it, <laughs> really. We got like, oh, we, we got call the, it B. We Spaceship got One and Spaceship B. Dragon capsule and the Falcon Heavy and all, and and they're like, "Yeah, Spaceship Two. Yeah, well, they're, maybe they're spending their 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 cerebral energy other ways. So Virgin Galactic is basically as <laughs> all like. Tell me if I'm wrong. Basically, what they want to do is take very rich people, put them into a sub sort of orbital 
uh, speed, make people flop around weightless for about a minute or two and then bring them back and say, thank you, that'll be $250,000. Is that all of their plan? That's it. That's the business model. (laughs) But they've they've got 700 bookings. 700 bookings, and I bet you 90% of them are the the spaceport needs to be somewhere in uh, the Bay Area. (laughs) People are like, internet moguls? There's probably like a couple of guys. Actually, I take that back because uh, a day ago, uh, the Dollar Shave Club sold for a billion dollars, so there's now some millionaires in the marina. So probably one or two of those guys probably decided to to hook up. I saw that the Dollar Shave Club sold for a billion dollars, and I was trying to do the math. Really? If it's a dollar – that's a lot of shaving. Well, all I can say is – It's not really a dollar. They're not making much money off you and I, Mel. We both have beards. Hey, let's do renewables. So when Obama goes all in, a couple of renewable stories here that I like. This is Inside Jeeves. The Obama administration has dropped, just dropped $4.5 billion in a nationwide infrastructure of charging. And it says here – no, it doesn't because Tom wants to say something. Please. It, well, let's not call it 4.5. It's $4.5 billion in loan guarantees. Right. So make that very specific. I don't want people to get all like, subsidies are happening. These are loan guarantees. This is a small part of the DOE, DOT's $30 billion loan program, some of which is earmarked to build a nuclear power plant. So let's all back off and which settle down. Which is probably $25 billion <laughs> of yeah. the $30 it's billion. It's the rest of the billions. It's cost a lot. Of- anyway, they want to create a nationwide uh, fast charging network by 2020. I don't know what that means. Does that mean a fast charger every 10 miles? Does that mean a charger in Phoenix and one in uh, LA? I don't know what exactly what people mean when they say a fast charging network. There are networks and there are networks. Well, they talked about what the DOE and the DOT are going to do together. They're going to they're going to put their little brains together, get their little pencils and their engineerical scales out, and they are going to identify the heavily trafficked corridors across the country, probably east-west, probably north-south, and they're going to build a charging infrastructure, much like Tesla did. And my guess is they're just going to look at the Tesla map. Like, <laughs> Tesla map. We'll put one there. We'll put one there. We'll put one there. We'll put one there. And maybe we'll put one uh, 30 miles to the left and 30 miles to the right. Like that's the idea. And the reason of the $4.5 billion in loan guarantees is because this is to – it's hard to get a commercial bank loan on something that is potentially – an unknown commercial viability. So that's, the feds that's are basically the, the saying, of we'll back this, you'll get paid back, don't worry, give these guys a chance. This happened with Tesla initially. They took like a $450 billion loan, they got it from the government, they paid it back very quickly. So I like that. The most Im- interesting part of this story, because this is very US-centric, but the most interesting part of the story to me was that they are putting money towards uh, a study to create a 350-kilowatt fast-charging system that could charge a 200-mile car in 10 minutes. Remember that a Tesla charger at max is 145 kilowatts, although it doesn't actually charge at that speed. Right. It charges around 120. So that would be cool. Imagine that you right now when your tests are under best circumstances, you plug in, you can get about 170 miles in 20 minutes. But that's, in my experience, under perfect conditions. So if that 20 minutes was then 10 minutes and 15 minutes to go about 200 miles, Schwing. that is pretty cool. We're getting to somewhere where even if there's a little backup for the charger, it's not going to be more than about 10 minutes in most cases. There's a lot, a lot to this thing, actually, right? There's a, an unprecedented – they're calling it an unprecedented electric vehicle coalition between 50 vehicle manufacturers, electric utilities, and charging companies, states, and organizations. So this is a big deal. This is a lot of companies. Now, I looked down the list, and the one company that stood out to me was Berkshire Hathaway Energy. Yes, me too. B- and why? Because of Nevada. Right, because of Nevada. So Assholes. now they've let the the wolf in the hen house, as it were, a little bit. I guess it's the fox in the hen house, but it's Berkshire Hathaway, so we'll call them a wolf. And a lot of other companies, Florida Power, you know, there's a whole list of them. Most of the major manufacturers, Tesla is on this list. There's an executive action. This is actually something very interesting, a lot worth reading. It's really about serious, serious infrastructure work on fast charging and charging in general. So these are the kinds of things that will move the whole thing forward that will reduce people's range anxiety. And again, if they make it a Chatamo capable thing, I'm not exactly sure how this would work for cars that are already built. Maybe it would be a minor upgrade to the onboard chargers to be able to utilize the the massive watt system thing. But you could theoretically in this thing, how fast could you charge a leaf? You said it was it was 200 miles in 10 minutes. A leaf would charge in literally five minutes. Right. 
So like less time than it would take to fill it with gas doesn't make it any easier to drive cross country, right. but it makes it theoretically possible anyways. And and it just reduces the anxiety if you want to go skiing up in San Bernardino mountains, you know, you have to go up a big hill in Colorado to get to somewhere you want to go, you'll at least have a way to get there and you'll have to there'll be a little bit more inconvenience, but at the same time, the physics of charging at that kind of a rate, that would heat the battery up considerably. If you have a car without a cooled battery, something I think you should consider, Tom, unless you're on a short term just waiting for your Model 3, is that buying a car that doesn't have a cooled battery is a problem. Yes, uh, that's rate of charging. It's all about uh, the heat. But Tesla has said the same thing. Strobel said they believe they can get um, rapid charging down to five minutes, but I haven't seen it yet. In the past eight years, the number of plug-in electric vehicle models increased from Mm -hmm. one to more than 20 and battery cost decreased 70%. And they've increased the number of electric vehicle charging stations from less than 500 in 2008. That's eight years ago to 16,000 today, 40 times as many. So that's a pretty good amount. And we still, it's not enough. We realize that it's not enough. But it feels like with initiatives like this, now all of that happened with some other initiatives, but with initiatives like this, this continues to happen. Tesla is obviously on board. Uh, the utility companies feel like they're they're on board with this whole thing, and so we're we're moving the. I'm excited because I think we're on this threshold where in a few years that if this stuff keeps rolling the way it is, this anxiety about, well, I don't want to get an electric car because I'm not sure if I can go far enough, that there'll be so many charges it will be like gas stations and it just will not be an issue. So a 100-mile car doesn't matter because there's charges everywhere. They're coming out of every orifice. I go to Trader Joe's, I go to the mall, I go to the coffee shop. They're everywhere. Once it's like that, they'll have to be. Be the bomb. We just need more uh, outlet malls in places like South Dakota, Nebraska, Wyoming, uh, Texas, West Texas, because if you look at the map I'm showing the boys, this is where all the – Tesla superchargers and all the other long-distance chargers are ending up, right, at outlet yeah, malls. It's true. There's a big section of the country without enough outlet malls. Which brings us up. Which state wants to take California as the most green? And is it West Virginia? No. Louisiana? Oh, no, no, not Louisiana. Can't be them. No, it turns out that New York is also dropping serious bucks into this. Um, Andrew Cuomo wants uh, to have 50% renewables by 2030. So they are, just as one state, dropping $5 billion into solar, into offshore wind. Solar City is going to get some of that. GE is going to get some of that. This thing called Fuel Cell Energy is going to get, which is a fuel cell energy storage system. And the takeaway is that uh, they think that they're going to be able to move this thing forward fast and they're also putting money in and loan guarantees to the giant solar gigafactory that is in new york somewhere in a part of new york that i don't remember the good thing about this just like what tom was talking about with the federal uh loan guarantees is that this is not really as as important for the press for us as electric vehicle uh, uh, you know fans it's really for wall street and it's for mutual funds because now they can turn their attention towards investing more securely in renewable energy and renewable infrastructure because they know that the government's got their back if the thing goes down. uh, The feds are working on this. They're helping out with some grants. New York is working on this. California is obviously a long way ahead. So again, we're being very US-centric. But also, somebody's got an article here. I believe it's you, Robert, from the Seattle Times saying Seattle wants to get into this. Yeah. So Seattle... Uh, The Seattle utility, it's very old, over 100 years old, and uh, they are now changing their mission to include providing fuel for fleets of cars, buses, and trucks that are uh, currently dependent on gasoline and diesel, but they're going to promote electricity. And so they're going to install 400 charging stations throughout Seattle for the the, the city's fleet, and they're going to put 20 fast charging stations around the city. They they expect to see the growth of electric vehicles by a factor of four in the next, uh, I forgot how many years that was, by 2020. They're looking to four have, years? They're looking to have 12,000 electric vehicles in a city of like 600,000 people, which is pretty amazing. And the neatest thing of all is that Seattle gets 90% of its electricity from hydropower. So that is impressive. So as uh, Elon has said, the how clean your car is Obviously, it depends on how clean your grid is. So Seattle has a spectacularly clean grid. So all of those cars are super 
green. Every mile driven is super green. And if you buy an EV in Washington, the first $32,000 value of the car is sales tax-free, which makes all of these 100-range electric vehicles pretty damn cool. So let's talk about renewables and jobs because we've got the uh, Republican National Convention, we have the Democratic National Convention, and one of the big issues is about jobs and job growth. And this is an article from the LA Times which points to a study that says that between 2002 and 2015, a major expansion in renewable energy resulted in 25,000 blue-collar jobs and some 53 million hours of construction work. And this is from a study from uh, UC Berkeley which says that you can create a lot of jobs in all these solar panels we're talking about and all these cars and all this infrastructure that you have to develop. And I'm just – I don't want to be too uh, political here, but I listened to pretty much all the Republican National Convention and I heard not one thing about uh, the greenhouse effect, not one thing about uh, global warming, not one thing about how we're going to build solar panels and do things like this. I did hear that they said they want to burn more coal. And I really hope that during the Democratic Convention, which starts today, that we hear a lot about not that we should get rid of the jobs of coal miners and people who uh, dig oil. We shouldn't do that. But we should convert them to clean jobs and point to this kind of stuff. We can create a whole bunch of new jobs that will result in a world that's not on fire and will just retrain people. How many jobs were created? 25,000. Well, I heard that just this year, 11,000 coal miners lost their jobs. They so I'd say a net win. Ahead. Net win. I feel bad for them, but they could also work to build solar panels. It's also been noted that those coal miners need to now start digging for lithium. We're going to need a lot of it. A lot of lithium. Let's talk about autopilot. We've gone too long, as always, boys. Let's wrap this up. Autopilot. So there has been a lot of hysteria about autopilot. If uh, you read anything. FUD. FUD. Now explain FUD. I like this concept. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. That's how the press is being characterized as their response to the one death Unfortunate, sad. I mean, if it was anybody I knew, I'd be really, really sad. But FUD. So uh, this uh, BGR article says that people being hysterical over autopilot and consumer reports of all people as being super hysterical, going from saying the Tesla Model S is the greatest car that's ever occurred, it got the highest scores, everybody should buy one, to a year later saying they should uh, turn off autopilot and what the hell's going on with this car. So consumer reports, in my mind, is acting very sillily, and uh, that's not a word. So this uh, article basically says... Um, what happened with that autopilot death was an incredibly rare event. It was a machine failure. It was a human failure. Um, all of these other Tesla fails that you've heard about, essentially all of them so far to date, have not been Tesla autopilot failures. They have been human failures where Tesla autopilot wasn't even turned on or was being used completely inappropriately. Although, full disclosure, there are a couple of folks who are claiming that Tesla is being untrue with their data. So, like, let's report both sides of it. I'm not saying that I believe either way, but they're one of the gentlemen. I can't remember which accident. His was one of the early autopilot accidents. He's claiming that it was on. Tesla's claiming that it wasn't on. So it's a he said, the car said kind of a situation. I don't see – I might be ignorant in this, but it would be very bad for Tesla to say it wasn't on and they have the data and then for the NTSB to come along and say, show us the data and they're lying – but you're assuming that software that is never buggy. Like, I mean, things happen, right? It, uh, again, it's, I, it's beta software. I understand it's a weird kind of beta software, and I'm not I arguing would, on either side of it, and I hear where you're coming from. I think that would be very irresponsible of of Tesla and also probably a lot of SEC violations yeah, would be happening just so at that point much as well. badness that can go for them yeah, for I lying. don't think they were going to take that kind of risk. And as well, you know, I've been following Musk – and sort of the Tesla SpaceX world for quite a few years now, it just doesn't fit with the ethos of the organization. But again, I don't think if this is happening, I don't think it's anything that's happening purposefully. I think that it could, if this is happening, it could be a software bug where it's not reporting properly. Again, I don't know. It could be that autopilot turned off a half a second before it could be like mel says the guy just didn't think autopilot was on but or was off or on or whatever that, the situation I think right is the single biggest problem in my experience of driving the x a lot with autopilot 
it's easy to turn off and to not know or to forget. And I think a lot of the issues are with that, which I think Tesla really does need to work on. When Tesla autopilot is on, it should be clear. And when it turns off and it's staying off, it should be clear. And I don't think that little blue stripe is enough because there's been many times where I think it's on and I'm zipping down the road and then I realize, oh, my gosh, I was letting the car go in a straight line, but it was not steering. I think we should have Rick Moranis's harried voice coming on, screaming at you. Autopilot is off. Sir, prepare ship for light speed. No, 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 light speed is too slow. Light speed too slow? Yes, we're going to have to go right to ludicrous speed. <gasps> ludicrous speed? Sir, we've never gone that fast before. I don't know if the ship can take it. What's the matter, Colonel Sanders? Chicken? Prepare ship! Prepare ship for ludicrous speed. Fasten all seatbelts. Seal all entrances and exits. Close all shops in the mall. Cancel the free-range circus. Secure all animals in the zoo. Give me that, you petty excuse for an officer. Now hear this. Ludicrous speed. Sir, hadn't you better buckle up? Now buckle this. Ludicrous speed. Go! Rick Moranis, ludicrous mode. Go on plaid. Okay, now I have to Google edit that it. in because nobody's going to get that reference. Google it. All right, let's talk about the Gigafactory. Oh, buddy. oh my God. You are going to TMC Connect. You are going, and I'm looking at Robert, you're going to the Gigafactory event. Somehow, through all of your contacts, you wangled a Willy Wonka ticket. Please tell us how that happened. The golden ticket. It's actually, I'm not going to the Gigafactory. I'm going to the Chichai Gigafactory. That's Japanese for little, little, little gigafactory. Uh, the one-seventh size gigafactory. What does that mean? Because only a tiny portion of the gigafactory is actually built. Although, See that big mound of dirt? That's the old gigafactory. What's built so far is a little bit, one-seventh the size. And they've already, like, con- uh, they've already bought up another, like, I don't know, another space for another 66,000 square feet. Why it's- does it look like they're building a racetrack around it? <laughs> yeah, for the, for the X's. <laughs> It's it's for all of the trucks that are going to have to deliver the lithium for the for the batteries. Yeah, so they've got uh, a thousand construction workers working two shifts a day, seven days a week to build this thing. And though that's not as many as you might expect for a huge project, this thing's moving at quite an amazing clip. If you look on uh, electric, how's that electric? If you look Thanks, on Electric, there, you can go on the Gigafactory feed and look at photographs of the Gigafactory literally month by month because they've got some dude who likes to fly in Phoenix, who – I'm sorry, in uh, Reno, who actually flies over the Gigafactory practically every month taking pictures of the thing. And you can see how it's progressing, and it's impressive. I just wonder when they're going to start throwing the solar panels on top. Because that's going to be really sweet. When the Gigafactory in Buffalo is open to build <laughs> sure, they're going to need they it. Got, they're like, which Gigafactory? What came first, the solar Gigafactory or the lithium Gigafactory? So, yeah, I'm excited to go to the uh, 475,000 square foot footprint Gigafactory. Who knows? It's. I looked at the temperature. It's only going to be 103 degrees. That sounds lovely. So – Again, how the hell did you get your ticket? That's what the people want to know. Well, so those of us who are members of the club, the club that is the Los Angeles area Tesla Club. I'm a member. You are? Yeah. Well, it was free, so I joined. <laughs> I recommend joining. I'm it's cheap. a good thing. I'm and a member. So I get the emails. We put out an email. Does anybody have like a plus one ticket? One person, they're not planning on bringing someone for some reason. And sure enough, three people popped up. And uh, and those tickets uh, then went out and into a lottery. Like, was it random drawing, or did you uh, use your executive? Was there powers? alcohol involved? Uh, there favors, roofies, roofies. <laughs> oh, nice. You used so, your executive powers, didn't you? Well, I, I know the guy who had the one plus. Oh, there you go. We worked together. So, did he win his plus one from the the raffle that we all entered and didn't win? No, he's the president. It's good to be the president. He's the president of the Tesla Club LA. That's right. So he got a, an invite just on yeah. his own. Presidents got invited. It's good to be the king. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The history of the world. I'm and not so, president of nothing. A couple of t- tidbit 
facts is that uh, Panasonic is having a problem hiring enough technical people to build the batteries. Right now, they're just assembling batteries. They're shipping the batteries in from Japan or wherever they're created, probably China. And the folks at the Gigafactory currently are actually putting battery packs together. You can actually look inside the Gigafactory. I probably won't be allowed to take any photographs, but someone from the Wall Street Journal took a photograph. The show notes will have the link. You can actually look inside. Guess what color the inside of the factory is? Red and white. Red and white. I, I just saw a lot of white. But white. yes, that was a predictable, no? And so uh, they're trying to get more people to work there. If you know how to make uh, batteries or you want to sit in a room and just assemble battery cells, you should look That's into actually it. a bit of a, an aside for a second there that Apple has said the same thing, that they can't hire enough engineers to build all the stuff they need to in the U.S., and China has these institutes that creates all these engineers. And it sounds like Tesla's having the same problem. We're really good at creating lawyers and finance people and not so good at creating people who can do engineering. And building walls to keep out those foreigners. That's what we need. Yes. And so it's not gonna stay. <laughs> new news is that one cool thing about the, <laughs> about the Gigafactory is that they're actually going to be building a new battery. A new battery. And if you look at the batteries that are currently in your Model S or your Model X, they're called 18650. So I just deciphered this for myself and now for you. 18650, that means they're 18 millimeters wide and 650 millimeters long. That's the size of the battery. But they're now going to transition to a 2070, I'm sorry, a 2700 battery which is going to be, you guessed it, 20 millimeters wide and 70 millimeters long. And what does that matter? It's going to allow them to increase the battery density, the energy density in the batteries, the battery packs. For so, 500-mile batteries, what I want. Come on, make 500 it happen. 500-mile batteries. And so uh, anything else? Let's see. I'm just excited to go. Uh, hopefully, I won't die of heat stroke. They're going to uh, hopefully have some air conditioning flowing, and they won't make us sit outside in tents in 103-degree Heat. So what's the plan? You fly up there. Are you going to connect? Are you not, not going to connect? I'm not going to connect. I have to work the night shift before the Gigafactory event, which is going to be difficult because I'm going to have to, you know, basically score some crack cocaine and to stay up for this whole thing. But I'm going to fly up to Reno, 11 o'clock Southwest. Then I'm going to go maybe take a nap if I can get a room early enough. And then the Gigafactory event starts at 5 I don't know how long people are going to be lining up ahead of time because to get there early means you're going to get your tour early. Evidently, they're going to have cars there for demos. Model 3 driving. I don't know. That would be sweet. And uh, and there's going to be, of course, there's going to be, of course, vodka and food and techno music. That's cool. Yeah, we said we uh, none of us can go to the Tesla Connect uh, meeting. We had fun there last year, but they they waited so long. I think so they can get this factory thing that they just. I already had plans. Tom's got plans. You got plans. You got shifts. Yeah, I think the problem was that, that uh, Elon dropped the bomb on them in that he announced the Gigafactory grand opening right on the middle day of Tesla Connect, right? It's like Thursday night, Friday, and Saturday breakfast. And on Friday night, he dropped the bomb that he's going to do the Gigafactory event, and they were going to do it down here in Southern California. Oh, They were going to do it at, I think it was the Marriott in uh, Newport, uh, in Manhattan Beach, and all of a sudden, scratch, they had to stop, and I'm sure they, they're having a hard time. But yeah. just because you're going to uh, TMC Connect does not mean you're going to the Gigafactory. I just want to be clear about that. That's pretty, they're being pretty clear about that as well, TMC. Yeah. Well, Lee, let's do a couple of uh, letters and we'll call this done. So here's one from Annie McLeod. He says, uh, great shows. I just want to pass along my appreciation for some really great shows lately. I'm not sure what it means by that. Since I other joined. Ones. Since Robert joined. The wow. dis- could be. The discussions on the events around <laughs> Thanks, the Andy. <laughs> the discussions on the events around the death of Jay Brown and the most recent Master Plan Part 2 have been some of the best. I have no idea how much work it goes into creating the podcast, but I appreciate all the time and effort. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hope to see you in person at TMC Connect next week. <sighs> Was that three thank yous? You will not. Yeah. Three thank yous. One for each of Sorry, us. Sorry, Andy. You might might run into Robert if you got a golden ticket at the Gigafactory. He's the tall one. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is from Franco Capazio. Capizo. 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 All right. I just want to say I really enjoy the podcast. I've been listening since January, and I think the po- podcast is really informative and with just the right amount of turn the page insanity. Thank you. I also tossed a little donation your way. Thank you. 
Thank Excellent. you, Franco. I know you guys talk mostly about Tesla, but with all the potential competition out there, it would be interesting to hear about all of the other cars. And I think we did that at the beginning for you in particular, Franco, about Tom's decision-making. How is he going to decide what to get? That will continue. It will continue, I believe, for many months. <laughs> Tom's take, not going to decide anytime soon. Take some bets as to what Tesla number 50, 60, 70 that I come in and say, oh, I bought a car. <laughs> yeah, it's a used Model 3. It's four years old. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How long has this been going? I, wanna, I do have a question for you, though. So we, we all these letters that we read, they're all very positive about us. Do we get any negative letters no. and you just decide to not read no, them? No, it's not, uh, not, it's not like that at all. So I would like uh, for that to continue. I do not want to hear anything negative. No. Uh, uh, I couldn't take it. If you want to uh-huh. read negative reviews, there's one negative review on iTunes. Yes. It stands out. It calls us numbnuts and idiots, which so, is we you- embrace. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. It is a little inaccurate, though. It says none of us own a Tesla. And between us, there's four. Yeah. And there was five. And there's only one like another six reservations for Model <laughs> yeah. 3s. Yeah, we have like a fleet of Teslas, really. We're oh, responsible for – I'd really for... like that guy to revise his thing. I know you're still listening, whoever you are. Yeah, you're out there. You're, you're out there. listening. He, he can, he can uh, redeem himself. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that was Talking Tesla 44. The Palindrome. The, the palindrome, palindrome episode. <laughs> it was Rob. It was Mel and it was Tom. And uh, good luck out there, Robert. Come say hi to Robert if you see him at the Gigafactory event. I look forward to seeing you all. And uh, Tom, what will you be doing? Will you be crying and weeping? I'll be on on car websites (laughs) 20 hours a day. It's it's upsetting. And I'll be checking how much solar energy I'm producing. It'll be great. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. That's fantastic. Bye-bye. Happy trails. Good work, boys. Why? Because we're talking, 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 tal